Very nice. Just and we can just watch. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yes, we did start. Are we well, yes, we just started. Welcome to the Not Home Podcast. Episode 30. Big 30, baby. Episode Big 30. I kept track. Nand has not. He's the editor. Nand, uh, you don't have a mic right now, but I, anytime you need to talk, just look at me. Or tug. Or uh, just, just go, hey. Tug? Give me that mic. There we go. Perfect. Simple. And I'm back with my brother, John. It's actually episode 32. No, it's ah. not. Um, I'm back with Josh and my brother, but Nan's here to defend himself and ridicule uh, my brother, John, and Josh here. So this is the thing. Every time Josh is going to be in the pod, I always get an ear infection. <laughs> not today. I'm good. I'm 100% today. So I'm actually here. To do this episode with all three of you, it's guys. a long time. It's a, it's a, long it's a time special coming, come, it, and it's my third time. And your third time? Oh no, you've been on way more than me. But third just time, once, just once more. Third time's think, a charm. I think I'm gonna get it right this time. Four times. This will be the fourth. Yeah, yeah yes. The fourth official, I think. How you doing, gentlemen? Episode was split in two. John, how you doing? I've been good. You doing good? Uh, Josh, how you been, man? Very good. You look good. Your your beard is uh, it gets uh, nicer and nicer every time I see it. Yeah, well, I can't wait to take it off, which shall be soon, because right. it's it's just here for the movie. Uh, it's been over a year, though. How's it going? Um, We're almost done. We have one big thing that John kind of helped talk me into, the Hollywood, the Hollywood. remember the, the kind of thing I told you? Oh, the, the, the dream it, sequence. Uh, somewhat, yeah. Um, but we actually had to cast three people for the first time. Usually, we just shoot one actor at a time. It makes it easy. Yeah. But now we have three, and it's a, and we're actually, it's like, if we actually had to shoot a movie with more than one actor at a time, it would have been impossible. So, um, just with scheduling and stuff. But we're—I would say—in the next twenty to thirty days, hopefully, we will be done shooting everything. We're also joined by Genevieve, who's not on mic. Hey, Jen. Hello. And then my buddy Jesse—he's just here. He's just chilling. Say what's up. Hello. Yeah, yeah, you're finally on the pod, bro. He's in a live live yes. studio audience. Yes. Yeah, we're the, yeah we have this a, is an a live right show, as they call it. Yeah. Can I get a woo? Dave, Dave's we already trying to it. control his power, we getting woos and getting. It, <laughs> Thirty-two is a big number. So. I'm sorry, Josh. Thirty-three would have been a shut up. Cooler. Shut up. No, it would have been Dave. What? What's significant 33. about thirty-three? Jesus Christ died at thirty-three. Yeah, we could all celebrate we that, can all, and we can all agree he did. He died at thirty-three, <laughs> and that he was real. <laughs> Best thing to happen to us. <laughs> Jesus right. died. Oh, sorry. Not. So, Josh, I, I saw your your last film couple weeks back oh yeah because i was trying to prepare for this pod because i we wanted you here for the third time and because i had my questions for the last pod but i just wasn't here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and well i didn't pass it down the ground i didn't pass it down to dave because i didn't think dave was he, gonna he do a good not, job he wouldn't have asked i don't write anything down he doesn't ask no. any questions he already forgot the questions we asked him earlier <laughs> yeah we gave him a list of yeah no uh if, i'll bring them up but yeah, that was um, <laughs> that was uh, made uh, in 2018 or something, and it came out t uh, three years ago, 2020, and that was Alondra Underground, and um, the new one's a much different movie. Um, but did you did you have any questions about it or? I guess number one, why for your first film, why go that direction that you went? Why why that kind of film? It's a weird movie. You know what it was was budget and 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 not having 
okay, I'll put it this way. It's not like I had a full script where I'm like, I need to make this movie. I'm dying to make this story, and I need to make it. What it was more like, I'm dying to make a movie. I haven't shot a movie in, in like four years or so, and I want to make something. And so that movie was more of like a just trying to, you know, make something cool, but a little different than this one in that this is like a story. It's more entertaining. There's more uh, things going on like that. But it, I was reading, it's like a postmodern. You saw Lounger, right, yeah. John? Oh, yeah. It was um, begrudgingly. Kind of just like nothing makes sense. You just wanted the movie to kind of fall apart as you go through the journey, um, trying to get back, you know, home. Um, it's like a a, a least in it more incoherent in, inherent vice of just a guy trying to figure something out that he'll never figure out. But in this case, I guess a girl. Incoherent vice. Yes. <laughs> but but that the, ours is really kind of incoherent. But um, but no, I mean. I was I had if I didn't make that movie I would not be able to make the one I'm making now which it's kind of exciting because you know every time you make something you want people to watch and enjoy it and all that but this is a movie that it's a lot more let's just say entertaining than Alondra where Alondra is kind of like a mystery story with you know no concrete uh, understanding of, of what it, it's kind of a it's a shaggy dog tale okay but uh, this movie is like twists and turns and you want it's, you want you like horror movies? It's a horror. It's movie a little for more you. Holland Drivey. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, Alondra Underground has yeah. more of a David Lynch kind of, but a, but a kind of poorly rendered version of David Lynch. Yeah, um, but it's a Mulholland Stroll. Yeah, Mulholland Stroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Dave, you're totally right because I actually watched Mulholland Drive like a uh, two weeks ago, and I'm like, I was I was really trying to rip this movie off with Alondra Underground. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say, yeah. No, we, I mean, we were, were doing inspired. our own thing, but yeah, it has yeah. that kind of weirdness, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. with the go, but, jumping from scene to scene, what does it mean, what, what you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I was, it was, it was, I guess, a much smaller movie in the context, but we had fun making it, and uh, I hope, I can't wait for, uh, or I, I can't wait for people to see the new one, but if you want to check out Alondra <laughs> Underground, it's on YouTube. Yes. Uh, My brother went to go get Zembla water. Films. Right. YouTube. Uh, I'm a giant gearhead. Like I like to find out what kind of gear people use. So Your what specs. kind of gear did you use to shoot that first movie? And what are you using to shoot now? Well, gear wise, it's actually very primitive. Um, the things were kind of shooting. I mean, a launcher for sure. That was shot in an iPhone. And um, oh shit! Again, that kind of taught me a lot, though. And it and it carried into this new serial killer horror film we're making. Because uh, on the new film, we're, we're also shooting it on a cell phone. But it's an Android Galaxy Fold 2. Yeah, Android Galaxy nice. Fold 2. Um, which looks so much better than even the iPhone. And it shows how technology is just in the span of like four years. Yeah. Like the jump from Alondra Underground's uh, visuals to what this new movie we're shooting is like kind of a night and day jump. Oh, so nice. Um, but what I learned from Alondra Underground is shooting with an iPhone means you can shoot anywhere. Yeah. Because I ha if I have a DSLR or a red camera or anything big, by the way, I would shoot on those if I had money. I just yeah, don't have money. Definitely, definitely. But <laughs> you wouldn't be able to shoot anywhere you want. That's and that's the beauty of shooting on cell phones, which to me has been kind of revolutionary because there's things we've shot in this movie. Yeah. You would If you tried to shoot on a, any kind of camera, even a DSLR, they wouldn't let you in with it. No, definitely But a not. cell phone, you can take everywhere. That's right. like our human right. Our human right is to have cell phones. So Damn right. <laughs> it's uh, so yeah. The new one shot on a Galaxy Fold Two. The old one was an iPhone. Like I don't know, like five iPhones down back, Damn, no, whatever yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Very. You say primitive. I say just more guerrilla style uh, filmmaking. It's definitely yeah. guerrilla style. I'm just saying in terms of like 
you know, what you can get out, out of a real, you know, pretty much, I'll put it this way. Anyone who knows films or whatever, you have crews. You have even a small independent film. You're going to have 15, 20 people crew to really help you get where you got going. This uh, new serial killer film we're making, it's a two-person crew. It's myself and Genevieve. So we literally have no lighting people, no sound, no, none of these things. But um, th this is kind of, we're able to achieve it because of the, the basically leaps in technology because the Galaxy Fold 2 is a, Pretty beautiful. I love it. Uh, I, I hope Android will give us some money to make a movie. <laughs> we would do it. That's that's really that's like an interesting idea too. The um, the fact that anybody could make high quality like movies or videos or content, and we have it with like TikTok and YouTube and all this other shit. Where yeah, people could just. And we're gonna make see something. more. I mean, what the talk to me? Those are two YouTubers, right? Yeah, they yeah. had it's they had good gear and and stuff going on, but the point is. The, the line between like YouTube and filmmaking that is going to be um, less and less important. And uh, Francis Ford Coppola, you know, when he was in the Apocalypse Now documentary, talked about a little fat girl in Ohio and how she's going to be the next genius filmmaker because the, the, he was basically 30, 40, you know, 30 years before the technology existed saying mm -hmm. in the future, the technology is going to be so cheap and affordable to do that everyone <laughs> will be able to have it. You know what's funny? You know what I'm thinking of? Like... Okay, then, then why why do fifty you know one hundred fifty million dollar movies? Why do studios insist on this bullshit if anybody could make something? Well, amazing? the thing is, is uh, it's possible to do it, but it's not easy. I mean, we've almost I've almost killed myself making this movie. It's you know when you're doing when you just have yourself and uh, Genevieve as the only two people putting it all together, we're doing it out of necessity, not because it's such a you know i don't i don't want to put any spoilers but could you tell us the story of how you roll down a hill i think that's the best story you've given okay me yeah about that's not a spoiler that's okay. i don't know if it's a spoiler but no it's you it's, rolling okay. down the hill was yeah. probably the best image you have ever heard um, yeah so this is a from you now nah, we've all done it as kids no that plays into the imagery and the idea and so it's thing. different you know what it is different rolling down a hill well, as a man i'm gonna john knows a grown the story know, yeah josh will tell there's you a lot more force involved i do remember yeah i do agree so basically there was a scene and and um we were shooting with an actor eric and he um was playing a jogger and i'm chasing him and i have a i have a a wrench in my hand and i'm chasing this guy presumably to bash him <laughs> and bash his skull and bash yeah. his skull um so we're doing the scene and we shoot it like five times and it looks good and everything but sometimes i get excited i just keep shooting over and over yeah <laughs> like we i should probably stop but you know it just it's too good you could you could even if you get something great you can always get something a little better you, you might not get it but but this is a yeah. this is yeah. where it didn't work you know so um, I was chasing the guy maybe on the fifth take I was running and I pulled my hamstring horribly oh my god like it just completely popped you know and you can kind of see it on my face like I'm I'm trying to pretend like nothing hurt me and trying to run straight but I look ridiculous and um, <laughs> so what happened was I had to take a break, like a five-minute break, and trying to rub my leg and trying to rehab myself for five minutes, just trying to rub it and go, okay, let me get myself better and we'll make it work. I couldn't walk or move, so I had to change the scene in real time. Um, and basically, I was like, okay, it's going to be less physical, like where I'm running after you and doing all this, and we're going to play that I pulled my hamstring into the movie. So nice. 
we interjected that into the story because you see myself pull my hamstring and so he was running but we needed to go down a little slope a little hill to film the kill especially to be out of public every time we film kills we try to be very cautious and out of public After the TikTok thing. um and so yeah beware and so <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to run down and chase this guy. And everyone's like, Josh, remember you were like- We still had to shoot with another you didn't actor. You remember? Yeah, no, we had to, and we had to shoot with another We had another actor, scene. So you had to preserve your- Yeah, exactly. But I was like, no, I gotta do this. So I was like, run down the hill and I'll chase you and I'll make it work, okay? So as he's running down the hill and we shoot it, and I'm in like some of the worst pain I've been in my, you know, my leg. And I thought, holy fuck, if I'm a serial killer right now, it doesn't matter if I'm in pain or, like, I, me, I want to stop and, and all that. But if this guy's going to get away from being murdered, meaning that he's going to tell the world that, you know, the guy's, the serial killer's going to get caught if he doesn't kill this yeah, guy no, in this yeah, moment. Yeah, can't have, can't have survivors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he cannot survive this, and I can't run or move, and I'm in extreme pain. So as I was chasing him, he runs down the hill. I, I go on my my knees and fall straight like I plank and just yeah. row down the side of the hill <laughs> and it's probably the most absurd silly imagery in a and serial do, killer film do you in, do you have a shot where you sweep him with your rolling body no not, not that's that's you don't feel that absurd <laughs> like, but, it, but it really felt like Tobias in Arrested Development the kind of like absurd body humor of like just rolling your body and when I saw the playback it's probably one of my favorite moments in the movie because it's fucking funny. It's like this guy's literally <laughs> planking and rolling down a hill. And then, you know, but it's also what a serial killer in that situation would have to do if he wanted to not get caught. With I'm, a hamstring. I'm pretty sure I saw it in Terrifier 2. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I haven't seen the Terrifiers yet. So, um, <laughs> I haven't seen a second. But that, that's an example of like something that comes up in improv that wasn't part of the design. Cause, and we had to make the whole kill. Like, again, one of the things I do is I throw... I throw the wrench and we do like a Kill Bill shot of the knives spinning in the air yeah. and it hits him right in the back of the head. That wasn't the way he was supposed to die, but I couldn't run or get physical. So <laughs> you think on your top of your head and you know, you that's the beauty the of, of just making movies. Like I your think whole fucking strength and got him. I, I, I love it. It's so silly. It's so stupid. Well, when you roll down, were you meant to out outpace him or catch up? Him? No, I, I roll down and then I throw the wrench at his head when you get to the bottom. Yeah, because oh, I can't shit. even chase after him anymore. And then once, you know, well, I guess you guys watch the movie and you'll see the whole thing, but it's one of my personal favorites. Like, I couldn't believe something that painful caused, uh, gave us something so fun and crazy <laughs> and silly. Damn, that's just crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, for, for shooting this film, are you using, like, other than just the, the, the camera phone, are you using any lenses on it? No. Uh, we have used little lenses sometimes. We have these uh, lens attachments for cell phones that, you know, give it, a full screen or a widescreen different kind of looks and we have used that but very little like just for a few scenes yeah little effects but we're not um other than that it's no, no lens changes like that what about um how many what and what frames are you filming this movie is it different than the first film or are you using the same frames no well it just depends frames? it's it's because there is a lot of i want to say there's a lot of slow-mo hopefully it's not a Zack snyder amount of slow-mo <laughs> there it is you it know Zack snyder is a justice league director's cut there's f like 30 minutes plus of just slow-mo oh because of the flash i'd imagine well and and he likes slow-mo oh yeah and, 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 so and i like slow-mo too so but I'm, Anderson, you know? I'm trying not to go crazy with the slow-mo but yeah there is um the majority of it is uh there's 24 frames per second a lot of it and then 60 frames and then when we do slow-mo you know there's there's and we do uh time lapses hyper -lapses. you use a uh, filmic pro right 
No, that was a Launcher Underground. We did use that for a Launcher Underground, which like that, uh, that, that other uh, Tangerine, the other iPhone movie was shot like that. That was soft. That's the software end, right? Yeah, exactly. But we didn't use that on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so no software, just yeah, just camera? straight straight raw from the camera. Well, uh, the last movie actually, like I said, we used another program, but this one, no, we just uh, used the cameras, and you know, I, I will say this in the in the light. Sometimes this camera to me looks like ungodly uh, unreal good like it looks like a red you know some of these shots could look like red cameras or things on very high def it's low light stuff that's where your you know the grain comes in and and that's where you're gonna the look doesn't look as great i, I saw the your cut trailer without the music yeah exactly not not the one you posted mm. on on IG. no no that was never a trailer that was not a trailer that was some sort of a little added content but <laughs> you showed me the actual trailer yeah you're one of the few and that shit looks amazing we're very excited that will be seen soon and uh, we're gonna do a little campaign to see if we get a little more funding to help push us uh in the post-production but yeah the trailer was exciting and i think it gives a nice feel for it but there's only like four tiny appearances from the actors and we have over 40 actors in the movie so it really doesn't give a, away a whole lot the trailer which is was the intent yeah that thing's gonna look really wild can't, nice. can't wait for it but, but but i will say like this has pretty much been the home of deformalities uh yeah. progress because i came <laughs> on the first time with you dave yeah literally me and you shooting <laughs> like at the beginning oh, the first right. two yeah. months yeah. of shooting and i was in it yeah and you were in it um your, your part's gonna get trimmed down though good, dave. it's good, too many no. actors no it's all right but of you're course. gonna be in it but, but i want to be i want to you put me on imdb so yeah I'm you're happy. on imdb what's my photo Bro, you gotta pay for that. That's the hard part. Oh, that's fucking lame, <laughs> yeah. Dude. I know it's all it's all commerce, dude. Like Who if you can't afford it, it. I, guess what? I don't have a. I can't afford it right now. Either, so I don't have a photo there. I'm how up there on the top of the castle. What's, what's but, the what's you know. the? How much is it for the for a photo? Oh, it's an, it's like enough 20, that I mean it's not like thousands of dollars, but when you don't have a lot, yeah. and what little we have means going to the movie. Yeah. It's not something you know. We'll get it when the movie's coming out. We'll I feel it. I feel it. That's not bad. Inan, what other questions did you have for the first oh, yeah. movie? Did you said you had a list? And you've only. Oh, asked I didn't have. One. I didn't have. I didn't have a major list. Dave and John what? were both. What did you think of Dave in the first movie? He he, he was the the stranger, who oh, helped. Yeah. He was really good. I thought. Yeah, he gets that the that guy award. Yeah, no. I I really liked uh, Dom's performance as well. Uh, John's. Dom. Uh, Dom's. Oh, Domingo. Oh, yes. Um, and his character's name was um. Well, he was yeah. Dom. Dom was great. Dom Dom has been my boy since the beginning of films, and Dom told me uh, this was the last film he worked with me on, and uh, it was he actually told me like Lucius Fox in Dark Knight. He goes, <laughs> "I'll do it for you this time," but after that, I'm putting in my red. What does Lucius say? He literally quoted Lucius when he told me. So I'm, I'm putting I, in my I got Dom, and I think it's one of my favorite Dom performances because it lets him do quite a few things. You know, he's funny in it. He's doing very Domingo great silly stuff but he, he gets to play kind of mysterious like a mysterious guy who knows things that other people don't know mm -hmm. and so i was proud that that was my last uh, domingo salazar performance in uh one of the films but why 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 does he want to do it anymore he's just camera shy all he's of a sudden burn, he's, i think he's burnt out um has been making movies with me since i was 18 and and really you know domingo has been uh there at the beginning and so have you guys but you guys know me and domingo were always like on the first film he was my producer mm -hmm. is he um, like is he like your uh what's it called uh, he non-set michael came but i'd say he's more like uh like scorsese to like uh what's his name um de niro, de niro? no the other one leonardo <laughs> no the other one 
What the hell else is Scorsese no, teaming up with? Not the guy. Not the guy. You mean Pesci? um Pesci? No. Keep it up. Keep it going. Know. Keep it going. Keep, keep it going. It's 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 Scarface. What's his name? No. I, I, I don't Jimmy know. Wolf. Either way, Jimmy, Jimmy Wolf. Wolf. Jimmy was Domingo's character's name in the movie. Jimmy. Yeah, that was. And um, your Jimmy Wolf. I, like I said, I'm really proud of the movie. I I hope everyone wants. Like even if I make this Finally. horror movie, I hope people. <laughs> you should be. Um, you were good in it. I cut your other scene, remember? Yeah, I I, I was. I, that's the one where I gave it my all when I was an arms dealer. Yeah, he really, I really liked that it. one. That was my but favorite it, thing to do. It lives on on. Yeah, they showed me uh, that just going, um He showed me when he was an arms dealer. Philo, the Mikey's, uh, it's on there. It's oh, you can you, you can watch that deep cut. Um, D- David Scene exists on some form on on uh, oh, oh, Mikey's it's on, podcast. It's on yeah, YouTube? it's great. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but um, it was a fun movie, and uh, you know, I'm proud of what we're able to do. Um, but I just I'm so excited for the new one because I it's just such a different beast, you know. Um, and and the other problem was on the last movie. I was also like, I'm just going to follow my artistic intention completely. And I really was not caring about entertaining people or like, how do I, you know, how do I make this people invested? I just wanted to tell a story that I wanted to tell. And it was little enough that I'm like, I can do this weird movie and really have fun and, and experiment. But this one is something we're definitely thinking of the audience. You know, we're like, we want the audience to be hooked in and ready and, you know, all that. So, so it's, it's your Barbie. It's your Oppenheimer. It's your it's your Barbenheimer. It's b- both of them and Combined. all at once. Yeah. Bar- you know which? It's your, uh, what else? What else could it be? You know, you, you have a lot of friends in, in, in your films. Have you ever thought of just making a this is the end type of movie? Well, every time we get the friends in the movies, I feel like the humor does kind of become this is the end in the sense that we're all just ramp, you know, improvising and saying funny things. I literally, I've been in this movie twice. I've never gotten a script. It's always been improv both times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, just making a whole movie would, would it would be like fun. I, I would like to do it, but friends. again, well, I, got, I got Domingo retired. You did. I'd have to. John is the hardest one to talk into any of these movies with the Launcher <laughs> Underground. John, right here. We were trying to ask people at the party, like, "Hey, we got to set things up. You want to do a little scene?" Most people weren't uh, able or you know didn't want to do it. Uh, rightly so. It's hard to like, "Hey, be on the spot. You want to be in the movie and do this?" Um, Ellie killed it in a laundry underground too, though. Ellie Domingo's wife came through for us and did a great scene too. But anyways, I tried to get John. John said, I can't do it. I said, okay. I said, no worries, man. I'll, I'll work it out. I asked all these other people. No one would do it. I had to go back to John. Hand in hand. John, that was a good scene. It was. I like that. It's yeah. actually a very good scene. And I said, John, look, I really need your help here. You're <laughs> just going to talk about this. I know you are You can pull this off believable. You're not going to have to do some weird acting stuff. Just be normal. And uh, John, is. it's one of my favorite things in the laundry, too. I just think he's so real in what he's talking about. It, it kind of sums up. When John says things are going to get better before things are going to get worse before it gets better, that to me is kind of the summary of Alondra Underground. It's it's about dark times and, and, and um, you know, dealing with things, but trying to make your way back home at the end, trying to get out of the darkness and find a way back home. It's Alice in Wonderland, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it um, remind me a little bit of Silent Hill. Yeah, well, that's 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 a, one of the best compliments I've heard, and I'll take that about it because, <laughs> no, Silent Hill is that weirdness of walking in a town and you don't know what's going on, and, you know, we definitely were flirting with a lot of that stuff. Uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, but John, I was able to get to do this new serial killer film by saying you're going to play a Ninja Turtle fan. 
So he agreed <laughs> because. Do we even, do we, had we done this scene the last time uh, we were on the pod? Did we talk about no? I think we talked very little, just that not not much. But a you, yeah, why don't you talk about it, John? I, what is it really talking? It's about? basically a fanboy of the Ninja Turtles <laughs> who can, loves everything describe, the Ninja Turtles do. Like your scene. character, John. Your character is like, I don't care if it's well, Ninja des- Turtles. Describe the scene. Describe the scene. Ren and Stimpy Ninja Turtles. If it's Ninja Turtles, I love it. Yeah, and, and, and I'm like a snobby guy who's like, no, Ninja Turtles should be pure, and you shouldn't have girl Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. all these things. And um, see, I, I just had love for the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I didn't and care it's how it's a, where. <laughs> it, it is interesting it in that like fandoms, girl. right? Like there yeah. are fandoms who just love whatever the fandom is. It doesn't matter. But oh. you'll you'll find like microcosms of fandom where they're not they don't like that you like something. Who was Harvey Keitel? That's, what about that, Harvey Keitel? It was like uh, you're like Scorsese, Dom's like Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Dom, <laughs> like, Dave's really trying to make that I'm trying one to make, up. I'm trying to make. <laughs> it. No, no, the, the name just came to me, and now I'm just like thinking back. I'm like, no, it's nothing it, it, it's like close, that. Well, you're right in that uh, Harvey Keitel and Scorsese. They worked together a lot early on, yeah. bef- you know, in their career. It, it, it's closer to uh, Kevin Smith and like. Uh, What's his name? Scott Mosier? Scott, no, well, no. What's his name that's in uh, all the... Oh, the, Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. Yeah. Yo, it is, because Jeff didn't want to do any of yeah. Kevin's movies after. Remember, he's like, I'm done. And Kevin's like, come on. And Jeff Anderson was the yeah. hardest guy to bring back Randall that's for any Clerks fans it. out there. That's closer to it. Yeah, it actually is closer to... Yeah, so Domingo's my Jeff Anderson. <laughs> so so that means I'll be able to bring him into movies in the future, probably, because Kevin brought Jeff Randall... Uh, I think if you asked him nicely, he'd probably be in yeah, this one, but you already have too many people. It's yeah. too stacked. It's it's very stacked at this point. Um, the, the, I mean, you could add another death, but really, no, no, do I don't think we could. I mean, <laughs> do we actually. have a do we have a release date? No. Oh God, no. no. <laughs> we're still we're well, still. There you, there you have we it, started folks. shooting Listeners, the film in no October uh, October third uh, October thirtieth. God damn it, Josh! Why do I have you on every time? <laughs> I think there's a release date. It, yeah, it's it. no. You guys are the nah. inside scoop of the whole thing, man. You guys were this here more before. Like a we got report. Goldberg from Mighty Ducks, and you guys have been here after we got him. And this is just a progress podcast. It's kind well, of a progress yeah. podcast. Yeah. I mean, we we could talk about yeah. other things. Oh yeah, definitely. But this is just getting it out of the way, right? Oh, now. Well, true. this is um, this is what we call the intro of the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Ninja Turtle fan in this movie. Are you, are you thinking ahead to your to your third film? Um. Well. The next film, no, not at all. What I will say on this podcast here is that um, the movie, I, I, I want to do an extended cut of the movie. So my, the ultimate dream would be to sell the movie to some company. Okay, we sold the movie. Great. everyone, People like it. It's cool. There's a fan base. Okay, great. But I, what I'd really like to do is get like a horror streamer like Shudder or, you know, any kind of streamer and do an extended like, you know, eight hour version. Because I have... <laughs> I've been shooting for 10 months and I have so much stuff that will never be in this movie. It's just re- it just won't. So the bigger idea is to turn it into like its own little um you know t- mini TV series basically. That would be the dream. Now that's uh that's a big dream, but that's that's the next thing I would you know would you, want. Uh, you you described I- I'm trying to make the movie as good as it can before I even think about all that extended stuff. You you described to me what would be the tentative opening for this film and I I I can't say it on this podcast yeah. cuz it's it's really good. It's one of the the better like for an indie film with zero budget to have this opening that uh, Josh has um designed for it. But he'll he'll probably tell you after the pod but it's it's like super impressive to me cuz I honestly believe that if he pulls it off it's going to get him so much like Oh, I know exactly crit. what you're talking about. Yeah, that's definitely a surprise. I know yeah, what you're referencing. I, I, honestly, he, he, he described it to me, and he told <laughs> me about it, and I know how he did it and everything. And I'm like, this 
when people see the movie, they're going to see this thing that he did and be completely blown away. And, like, and and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Trying to like really entertain the audience this time around. Like really think of people and what can hook them and keep them, you know. Because that's the hardest part for me when watching any sort of independent film. Even along the underground is yeah. you have to get me within the first 5, 15 minutes. I know. Check out. And, 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 you know. and you know, I will say, I mean, I felt like, again, Alondra was just a movie I was unconcerned about thinking of the audience and what to keep them and how to hold them. But uh, I still think, uh, especially for, even that came out before Everything Ever All at Once. And we're talking about parallel universes and other mm-hmm. things like that, stuff that was in the air, you know, um, using. So I, I think we did some really cool stuff. But yeah, you're right, John. Um, it, 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 this this yeah. opening he has designed you is going to grab people and it's going to keep them hooked. Because uh, I, I mean I wish I could <laughs> say what it was, but um, you it, can't. It, it's going to blow. <laughs> you some signed minds. an NDA. <laughs> yeah, I signed an NDA. I can't uh, describe it, but it, it, it's going to be actually. And you're the only one who has. You're, I'm the only one who knows about Gen two. But it's also yeah, Jen's movie. Yeah. So, so. but um, it, I, I, again, I'll be. I, I hope to come back on another four months and do another progress <laughs> report. It's always. I love it because it. it when I listen to the podcast, I go, oh, this is when we were just two months in. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. This is when we started, you now, know. So the next time we come, it's going to be like, okay, so, but, so the dinosaur scenes we filmed for the, were just a little overblown. <laughs> we got, guys, we got a bigger budget. I <laughs> actually have dinosaur scenes in the movie. You motherfucker. It's already in there, John. Oh, what, man. What you're joking about is not a joke at all. It's a cold, hard reality. Um, so, recently, um, you... Two of us, or two of us, both both of you guys saw went to the movies. Yeah, we saw drastically different movies. We were we all saw, in the same movie. Oh yeah, oh, but you saw about? you saw Oppenheimer. Oh, today I did. Yes, and yeah. non, you saw Oppenheimer. Last night. Me and Juan haven't seen it, but I feel we get in a pretty good discussion about Oppenheimer, just it, based on on on. Uh, it would have to be spoiler free, Dave. You guys can't get this. I mean, I think what, you guys know the end. What fucking spoilers yeah. <laughs> could that possibly entail? It's, it's, it's a history. What happens? <laughs> We, we could do this one. How, how did you see the film? In what format? Oh, um, we went to the IMAX 70 millimeter in um, uh, Universal. All right. Yeah. I went to... I was only able to find seats open in Ontario at the Regal uh, IMAX. And I also saw it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Yeah. And I saw it at 11 p.m. Because that was the only time they had a open seat in the back and uh that that movie in 70 millimeters is fucking insane it's just it's, it's insane watching a film in that format and i still strongly regret not watching interstellar in that format oh yeah because that would have been amazing but oppenheimer was amazing and for me what made it special was i was sitting all the way in the in the back row of the theater and you could hear the camera you could hear the film rolling and it, it just made it a lot more special you can hear the awesome. actual the the machine's heart yeah, yeah the, you can hear it i, I saw those things are like huge they're gigantic it's huge well i agree with like what you're saying about watching it in 70 millimeter you know like the amazingness of it um you know nolan was basically the guy who started this whole like let's shoot it all in uh imax 70 millimeter stuff with uh dark knight remember he did a couple of those scenes where it's the imax right but every, pretty much every movie he's done since, he's expanded more and more and more IMAX. Um, and what I thought was so great about Oppenheimer was, to me, it felt like the most IMAX he's ever had, you know, in any of his movies. Um, and, and what I felt was so special, and I, that's why I, my only complaint, I'm like, 
fuck it, Nolan, can't you just shoot the whole movie in IMAX? Let's stop like giving us like 50 or an hour of the movie in IMAX. Like, just shoot the whole thing in IMAX. It'll be because when you're watching the screen and it's literally this huge, beautiful square image, you know, not the image we're used to watching. It really takes on a new dimension, and it is the most, like, to me, immersive form of film. Um, like you said, watching it in that in that seventy millimeter image, um, you know, you have to move your head around to look at things and stuff. It's not like it's just right in front of you. And um, I'll, I'll just watch it on my phone. No, <laughs> I, you know, obviously all movies are better in theaters than I, I, I not. I move my head around. I can just see it all but straight. When ahead. I thought of when I was watching Oppenheimer I'll, today, I watched like, it on uh, this TNT. is a crime to watch. Not in like I, I, I kind of made me feel sad. Like even. You know, when this movie's done and everything and I get it on Blu-ray, I'm just going to be able to watch it on my little TV. And this is, like, one of the most, like, where the size actually feels yeah. so important to what you're watching, you know? Lights, camera, Jackson. Wait for DVD. I, 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 when I was watching it last night, I could I could tell when the when the aspect ratio changed. But, yeah. the, but the reason why he doesn't finish, he doesn't film the whole thing in IMAX is because those, those cameras are so Too loud. loud. Yeah. So when he's trying to do, like dialogue with two characters next to each other he doesn't use that format because it's just too loud and it just ruins the yeah audio it's, that's talking. that's the whole crux of why they don't shoot like that however in oppenheimer there are a lot of scenes where he shot in imax format some of them just in the court you know when they were doing the whole court yeah. drama and that was what was kind of fun for me because i'm like because nolan would always use the imax cameras in the big you know spectacle kind of scenes but i felt like in this movie he was using that large format in some of the, like just the courtroom scenes and just really and that's um but yeah would, it'll be my would you, i still would you say you, uh, use the use of imax in those large format like boring procedural or, or like okay shit, did it take away or did no it enhanced it? that's what i'm saying like Something that you wouldn't think would need an IMAX camera. Something that wouldn't need this kind of scope. Because but in, in the, what way did it enhance it? Because it's you got to understand the the format's like so different that you have to frame it differently. It's not like so when you're looking at a at a courtroom scene, it just feels like so like the the uh, lar lar the larger IMAX format is is what the seventy millimeter the large yeah. square shaped yeah. footage. So when when they film this courtroom or these these court scenes. You're seeing it in a different, like... Yeah, it's expanded, frame. like, the big scenes, the big spectacles. It Not all of it, but I'm saying I felt like in this movie, Nolan was using the big format in the more, let's say, mundane scenes than he would in past movies. More, more nuanced. Yeah, because he would use... Um, but I I was just... Uh, you know, I've loved Nolan forever, and um, like, I, like I said, I felt like it was... Mo it has more in common with, like, Memento, or maybe even, like, Prestige, or, you know... Um, then, then more of his blockbuster type kind of movies. For for me, it was more immersive because the whole movie is taking full advantage of that screen. Yes. So, like, just the first, the first in, like, the first five minutes of the movie, it's all IMAX and it's all shot beautifully. But those first five minutes just draw you in by using that screen, and then from there, you know, you're just. You're just more immersive uh, throughout yeah. the whole film, including the courtroom scenes. He takes full advantage of that screen for the courtroom scenes, and it feels like you're actually there. You're actually watching. Like, you're actually That's in the I'm, courtroom. Yeah. It feels it feels different. I mean, like you said about the opening. I remember one of the opening shots. I mean, I can't remember if it was like the very first shot or maybe the first minute or so. But it's the, like he said, everything in the beginning just large IMAX format. Um, 
and you see a shot of the ground and raining and you just see all the droplets of rain hitting the floor now like that's not a bus flipping over like in dark Knight, right but just seeing the rain all hitting and dripping in such a big format it, if that were not in that big format it would still be a, a very beautiful shot but just it wouldn't have the same kind of massive impact that i felt this movie had with those yeah. kind of scenes not um, only that after that after that uh, shot of the the raindrops it shows you know like uh, our main character's face and it just like just draws you in you're just like holy shit look at this image quality like yeah i could see everything in 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 his face huh. and and, so and john just, that's the advantage you're talking about right where you're mm -hmm. saying well, why do you need this yeah. big format for yeah. just things not just like the big action? It's like what he said, uh -huh. right? The face. Now you're looking at this guy's face in a way we don't. We're not used to watching a movies and that kind of it's, framing and the, the bigness kind of, of it all. Kind of like if you go to a museum and you can if, study his face more, Cillian's face. I was going to say it's, it's like going to a museum and seeing like photography, like really good photography stills. Yeah, and like oh shit, this shot is really fucking nice. That that's probably it. Or, or it's, it's like when you when you go to the the science center and you use you know you go into their IMAX theater and you see like all these mm -hmm. little mini documentaries about that's what I don't know the Arctic and stuff when we were like, kids like that when you go to the science center and you watch that you know you're so drawn in into the that little mini documentary they have and it's the same thing with with this film it's just like that larger format and the way it's shot like you can see every single detail you're just just more yep. immersive. You're just more immersed into yeah, the film, and, and it makes it makes sense because let's say you're doing a slow scene, like you're describing the rain. That's more of a meditative thing to put into film. And every time you're using IMAX, these are expensive, you know, film you're using, mm -hmm. and every second you're using it is, is like another thousand, Literally several thousand dollars. Metric tons. And of film. you're you're filming this raindrops, and you're wondering like, why well, are you filming raindrops? We could film a giant explosion, which also costs mm -hmm. us a lot of money, you know. But when Nolan's been using it for so long, like you said, he should just do an entire movie on that. IMAX. That's the dream. One day, maybe he will. But again, like uh, Renan said, the, it's it's because of the sound, and you know. But again, so much of that stuff has to be overdubbed anyway. I mean, anything they shoot on IMAX cameras is overdubbed anyway. So I'm assuming Nolan's doing a lot of overdubbing. But uh, <laughs> I hate overdubbing, and on this horror movie we're making, everything is overdubbed. So <laughs> welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> What what is uh, overdubbing exactly? Uh, just the, going the into audience. a studio, meaning the sound you shot on the day, you're not. It's not usable for whatever reason, or maybe you didn't shoot it. In our movie, we never shot with any sound. Um, I mean, there's the sound of the camera audio, but it's not usable for a, a releasable film. Mm -hmm. um, so dubbing it means just bringing the actors in and then having to redo your lines uh, again. But sometimes it's hard, right? Because when you when you do things in for once as an actor and you get something so right sometimes it could be hard to manipulate and try to get back to that so improv and then well it's not even that. improv you got to say that you got well, to well, I mean, say what you did and do it exactly I mean, how you did scene, it at least in this film in your film you didn't we'd improv it but then if you had to bring someone back oh yeah the all the dialogues improv but you guys are like you guys are all coming back to redub the lines that i select for the cut I get you it, get what I i'm get saying yeah, yeah. um but yeah and and again what we're not said remember as kids at the IMAX Discovery Zones and all those things is like that's where we would see those like big screen stuff. I remember seeing like whale documentaries and all this stuff, and um, I think Nolan was such a visionary that he he saw that and goes, "This is the way to be telling stories moving on." This is um, super movies, super I, I, movie. I, yeah, I remember when I was a kid and one we we got these tickets to go watch some ocean documentary on IMAX at this theater, right? At, at, was it the Science Center? At the Science Center, yeah. 
And what I remember Wait, was... Wait, does the, does the Science Center have an IMAX theater? I, I think they yes. may have. Are yeah. they showing... Yeah. Are they, they showing... But are they showing Oppenheimer at the Science Center? They don't show that. Why not? I remember showing up and being disappointed. Fucking losers, bro. <laughs> Too like, scientifically This thing is short as hell scary. is what, what, what my thinking was. This this little documentary Yeah, because they didn't used to be two-hour movies. They only uh-huh. used to be like 50 minutes so or like, an hour. Why did I come to this yeah. thing for 50 Those minutes Those are the real early days, Sean. Yeah. yeah. What's the thing they had at the... Was it Forest Lawn? That there was like a, am I tripping that there was like this whole there's no thing? screens there, there well, what is that that's just a one big ass painting huh it's a big ass painting that's what it was, was under when I was a kid I thought that was a movie I guess it was just art speaking to me or some nah, bullshit that was live art but that's <laughs> another thing right because when you go to when you see a, a print of a piece of work of art yeah. you're looking at it and it's the resolution isn't the same as if you're looking at the actual paint strokes yeah, on yeah. the picture and that's the difference between IMAX and regular oh, okay, film I like nowadays that. that's it's, it, IMAX Pretty is showing you yeah the, this, mo- the closest you can get. This is though like an ap- absolute must see in the big screen. Damn! Now I really want to watch it IMAX yeah. just because like shit. I, I I was initially just gonna watch it regular because I'm like fuck. I can't cop a seat. We were gonna and watch then, Barbie and IMAX. Yeah, <laughs> watch Barbie. And we IMAX. also Barbie together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which but, leads me to my next topic. Oh, but, I'm, but but to finish on this, um, I was gonna say I'm like oh literally it's three hours and it like most of the hours is dudes talking i'm like how well, how the fuck could that be any you know any oh, reason to watch it, it in imax it. but then, it's all where it's one of the best big format it is the best big format movie i've ever seen in IMAX. three hours of dialogue but some good fucking dialogue you're you're i was into the movie the whole time but i mean i'm i i'm also a history buff so maybe that's why i was into it but i, I was into the film the whole time um and the funny thing is like um there are certain parts in the film where you think it's gonna end but it's not you you still have another 45 minutes to go and it goes into this whole other that's something i actually really liked i'll I'll say this and i don't think it's it's not spoiler but just tone wise i everything renan just said which is like you think the movie's over and then there's like oh no there's another hour left or we're gonna finish this is in the third act basically the final act becomes uh like a procedural courtroom drama which is so cool because one of my favorite movies ever too is uh, oliver stone's jfk yeah. and uh, that's just a courtroom drama and at the end it gets very much like feels like those vibes where you're just watching this court <laughs> case go down and you're like i didn't expect this from this movie you know was it there it, it does set you up for it i don't want to say it doesn't because from right from the beginning yeah. and what's cool about the editing is he's jumping around a classic christopher nolan you know oh, okay. like he is jumping all over the place in time which like you got a memento, right? Like this is the guy who literally the, started his whole career playing with time. The people and versus one, one, I, I want to say this is I think uh, Nolan is basically uh, this is my hot take here. I think he's like Orson Welles in the sense that he is a true magician filmmaker. You know, there are some filmmakers who are, there are so many different kinds, but magician filmmakers are a specific kind. And Orson Welles was a magician. He knew how to like you know trick you and do things sleight of hand and make you. Um, Glass. Oppenheimer is such a magician's movie and um, I really think I really think it's uh, I mean I just saw it what, a couple hours ago but it, to me it feels like it could be his masterpiece and it's kind of like wow. the way Paul Thomas Anderson did There Will Be Blood and that was kind of like his all American epic movie this kind of gave me There Will Be Blood vibes of like a, a, a filmmaker who's like one of our masters showing uh, like showing us one of his what's, what, strongest what you know, stands up to Oppenheimer, what's next? What's next on the totem pole? If that's the, I mean, it's all been like I said. There will be blood in Oppenheimer. Like it's his, ver- it, it's his own thing. But it made me think of things like that. But 
there was also some major Stanley Kubrick stuff, which I don't really see a lot of Kubrick stuff in uh, Nolan's films, except when he's, you know, uh, explicitly doing it, like an in Inception and the, the design of the father's bed and all this stuff. Interstellar. Those yeah, robots. yeah, Interstellar and his plane. But this felt the most truly Kubrickian in that it wasn't like he was just trying to, like, do some Kubrick stuff. He was like actually tapping into something Kubrick would do with, and there's a specific scene and it's so great. I, I won't say it because I think you got to see the movie, but, uh, it's, um, again, um, I can't <laughs> say it, but, but there's things like that. And there's an also one of the great filmmakers. He's a really underappreciated filmmaker. I think with a lot of the people, uh, Nicholas Rogue, he made the man who fell to earth. He made walk about, he made uh, don't look now. Did you see the one with the little, the, they go to Europe and there's a little baby, uh, a demon, a little, uh, a short person who dresses up in a red raincoat and, no, a, and it's a killer. That. You haven't seen that. You would love no, that. I, it sounds like I'm already he's like, a, how do I see he's this He's just this great filmmaker who, who really is the most innovative guy in editing. One of, he was always one of my big inspirations like as a young person. Um, well, just Bowie, the way right? Nicholas Rogue, just the way he played with editing. And I've heard Nolan, talk highly of he's the only filmmaker i've actually heard like oh like yeah nicholas rogue's one of my like inspirations and in this movie nolan was tapping into nicholas rogue style hmm. some stanley kubrick style and um i was also last thing i'll say is um there's a moment when oppenheimer's like becoming oppenheimer they tell him like don't wear don't wear the army <laughs> uniform be yourself okay. you know, be, be yourself and all that he and he's like his, okay i'm not gonna wear it's this. after he meets einstein and, and he yeah. starts putting on his coat and he starts putting on his hat and the music's blaring oh, and i'm like he's filming this like he's fucking batman like nolan still oh, films this like they it's a superhero the spectacle theme, the nolan batman yeah. and that's what i think makes nolan so kind of special is like he's shooting this oppenheimer sequence where oppenheimer's like putting on his coat and his hat and becoming oppenheimer oh, and he shoots it like the way he he shot Bruce becoming yeah. Batman and Batman begins. Is, so is there a post credit scene is, where, no, no where they where they hint Fidel Castro? <laughs> no. No, Christian Bale shows up and wants uh, to make a team. I'm I'm glad that Nolan used the the black and white for the courtroom scenes oh, yeah. because it's fun. There in the first half of the film, it does jump a lot of back and forth through like I think three timelines in Oppenheimer's life. So I'm glad he uses black and white because that's that's a good way of being able to know the difference between um the the two the past timelines the yeah future. exactly well nolan does have this tendency to like he loves time do ac acromat everything's time yeah everything's, everything's time uh, it's the, his first sequence. black and white since memento too the other thing about um imax as well uh the sound oh the sound in God. this movie is just yeah the best amazing. sound i've ever heard in a movie the the music amazing I think well. uh, the mute, yeah, the sound, everything was just could not be any better. And and I I do want to say this. This is also something what I think what makes Nolan kind of like the genius he is. The first time we see the atomic bomb, like they do the test of it and all that. When the bomb actually goes off and everything, a lot of other filmmakers would have just overloaded you with the sound right there, like boom, 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 all that. Nolan shows you all the actors reacting to the sound, but basically in silence and very low. Like he's not, he's taking all the sound out of the, ex but you're seeing their reactions to the explosions. And then of course, at some point, Nolan does a, a sound shift where it gets loud. Well, but but gotta, that's kind of Nolan genius too. Well, you got to remember, historically, that's historically accurate. it is accurate. Light is faster than sound. And I forgot yeah. how many miles they're away from. I think it was seven so it could be like just that? a literal yeah realistic yeah, yeah. thing yes. because yeah they were the light was hitting they were showing them all in the light 
Yeah, light is faster than sound, so that's that's yeah, accurate. That explains, yeah. that explains it. That's because don't take Because <laughs> during that scene, I was waiting for the sound. Yeah. And he makes you wait for it, and it, it's oh, and when it hits, it's, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking awesome. Sound is a huge contention with Nolan and his films. Did, was that I think Nolan is around? the best guy doing sound today. And, and I know what you're saying, John, because me and you have talked about it. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who complain away about the way Nolan uses sound, his sound mix in yeah. movies. And I will say in Oppenheimer, it wasn't. It, I don't think it's as. Um, it wasn't in his tenant. It, it, other past issues that people have had. But it wasn't my like tenant. You can actually you, hear what they're saying. You and and Renan are watch this movie in the way Nolan intended. Mm-hmm. I I mean I I want to watch in the way he intended, but you're watching it in the best way possible in the yeah. way that he designed it i i wonder if if i watch it like this time gonna be in a fake imax i'll have <laughs> the, the same limax. sound yeah the limax it'll have the same sound it, uh, you're only experience. yeah you know what i i think this it's, i mean the sound was tell. so excellent that it's hard to tell like i don't I know if i could watch i don't know if i could re-watch this in a fake imax after way. the way that i watched it, it last it, it night was, and yeah. it, that comes across that that's the same for for any nolan film going forward now like like i don't think i could watch it in a non-imax 70 millimeter especially this film because it's like we said like this film just takes full advantage of the whole screen and the sound it seems like the ultimate and it's perfect. experience if if it wouldn't take advantage of the whole screen during the whole movie then you know yeah you know watch it in exactly. any other format you want but well that's that's what's cool about nolan is that i go see a lot of imax movies because i just love the format and it costs and, nothing because well we have movie pass which is great <laughs> and we love but um uh but what i was saying was uh a lot of movies we see in imax they're not the expanded imax what you're talking about you know what i mean the when it actually gets huge and i think that's what it's like if you're gonna pay for imax it, you should at least kind of take advantage of what you're you're going to see and I would say a lot of the IMAXs come out never do the full screen. It's really like Nolan, Tron Legacy actually did it. A few movies have done it. I think they, they maybe Top Gun did it too. Maybe a few it. scenes in um, that expanded format. New Mission Impossible did do it. They did it. Yes. it yeah, we didn't see it in. We didn't see it in. No. How'd you like that movie? I love that movie. I I, I love Mission Impossible movies. I love them too. Did you like this one too? I did. Um, yes. I was. I like Isu Morales just killing it. Just like. This guy, R- R- uh, La Bamba, dude, like that was one of the great roles. <laughs> That's where he's from. All of a sudden, it's like, why is no one using Isu Morales and stuff? He's Bro, cool. He's great. Why didn't they put him on the motorcycle? Would have loved it, to see that in the in the movie. In the movie, yeah. I was just happy to have. I was like, and he was like a little bastard villain. He was great. He had like a, you know, I just um, you know, they did that a total um uncharted part where the whole plane's kind of slowly falling apart. Oh, yeah. That that felt like the most. I didn't see the live action Uncharted, so maybe that. But I felt like, well, they did. They, they did. They, it. they did the same bullshit. They did it better. They had a fine boat. I think boat. Mission Impossible did it better. Are you yeah. saying, yeah? yeah, yeah um, and just that that motorcycle jump. I mean, gosh, you, you just feel excited. Then he did that. Yeah, but that. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the magic of movies. What did I you know? say in the theater? <laughs> right, right before I'm like, that's real. Oh, that's yeah. real. <laughs> No, I was so astounded. That show was so it, fucking amazing. It sucks dude. that that movie was only in IMAX for a week because that was that was a good uh, experience. They Wait, did, did they, that was that a limited release? Movie? It's because, no, because Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer was coming out. The <gasps> that's right. Actually, they had the dates. When, so. yeah. when does Mission Impossible come out? It had one week in IMAX. That's it. Yeah, oh, but when is when does the movie release? What do you mean? It's been out for like three weeks. What do you mean? You already been. saw it. 
Okay, that's right. Like, it, was out, it was out that <laughs> same week. saw the movie that he's asking when it comes out. It was oh, out yeah, that yeah, same yeah, week. That's right. Okay, same week. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. I forgot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was only in IMAX for, yes. for, one, for one week, which sucks, right. but... Because it, it did that movie did take advantage of the IMAX when it needed to. You know what movie didn't need to take advantage of IMAX? Which one? Barbie. <laughs> was that in IMAX though? No. No. It but didn't it didn't need to be, baby. No, there it you didn't go. need it didn't to be. Need to be. Such I would have watched oh, that in seventy millimeter. You didn't watch it. You, you haven't seen Barbie yet. Huh? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I would watch it in seven millimeter IMAX. Oh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, we all would. <laughs> I watch everything in seventy millimeter no, IMAX. That's the problem. <laughs> Or yeah. just 70 millimeter too. Paul Thomas Anderson was the one who kind of started bringing the 70 millimeter just uh, with yeah. the master. He went back to that format. Oh yeah. Um, but, but we saw Barbie. Yeah. Four and, uh, blokes. <laughs> no, we didn't kidding. get. I, the only reason I didn't get to see Oppenheimer was because where I got the tickets, uh, they sold out. We got these tickets like a month and a half ago. Yeah, and, we and I still couldn't get opening weekend or anything in the opening five days. Yeah. You know, when I saw it, when we were at same. Barbie, it was playing in like four different theaters. Like in in the same uh, cinemas we were at, yeah. Well, well because seventy millimeter IMAX, there's only yeah, nineteen it's very hard, in yeah. the whole yeah. world. There's only so many. It's like can, scarcity. And, <laughs> and California has, I think, seven of those. And and like the LA area has, um, we have an abundance of this. We have four. <laughs> we have four in the LA area. We have um, the Chinese Theater. We used Universal to have Cinerama City Dome. Walk, the Irvine Rest Spectrum, and the one in Ontario. And so we have four. Center. So yeah, but the science center, they don't use that. Can you tell me why, if there's so very few real IMAX theaters, why they even bother shooting in IMAX? No one in the U.S. would be able to watch these movies like in the way that they intend. You're I think, saying I think why Nolan's are they shooting in IMAX? I think Nolan's trying it's to change still that. Gives, it's still going to be IMAX the biggest theaters. picture just by the mere format of it. It's going to have the biggest amount of photo, you know. Because uh, a lot a lot of the, the other IMAXs, they're showing it in 70 millimeter. It makes so you're kind of still getting it in that but format but not the whole thing it makes film feel kind of niche like not accessible to everyone when you're doing it in such a small no because it's it's gonna be who wants no one's not gonna see the movie because it's that's showing thing, on like, it's just more options you know I, that's the thing like no like not a lot of a lot of people are not gonna care about the format they if i'm a film not from kentucky <laughs> and i want to watch uh, you know nolan's 70 millimeter thing would i buy a plane ticket to la and I, watch it and no you won't but you'll still be able to see it in the regular imax or wherever there's imax and they they're building they more. those are more spread out this, the actual imaxes um but it's it's all like format right it's gonna be yeah. what you want to see but it's not gonna hurt the movie if people are gonna watch it uh whichever way they're gonna watch it but what i'm saying is like it and i'm just playing different mm-hmm. advocate obviously but it's a super expensive way to film and you're filming it for uh, like very few theaters like you're not spending but the thing is it's enough theaters where the commerce makes sense because they're not throwing money away believe yeah. me this nolan's been doing this since dark knight and all of nolan's movies have been hey they're shot in imax go see it in imax yeah, so the movie's been paid the, for yeah it's not like they're honey? Honey. um but that's why you know hopefully it's, it's still taking advantage of those other imax screens too. you know but um, I, I've seen some few TikTok videos where uh, uh, people have been road tripping to go see this film in 70 millimeter. Uh, yeah, honestly, like if I live that sounds a, fun. far away from an IMAX thing and I was like huge into like Nolan and, and 70 millimeter and, you know, something like Oppenheimer. You'd make, the, well, yeah. Definitely do the road trip uh, to watch it. Like uh, it, it, it's kind of astounding, but it's, it's just astounding to me that it's so expensive and it's so niche because of the very limited. You said eighteen, 
19 in the 19 whole world. 19 in the whole world. Man. But that's a 70 millimeter. But that's yeah, why, but that's millimeter. the way he intended people to watch well, it. Well, but you can also watch it in regular IMAX and still see it in a large format. They're just different. Like, 70 millimeter was the one the master opened in a few theaters showing it like that. But there's also just the IMAX. Now, again, that's where it's all the tech stuff of going, what's the difference between IMAX and 70 millimeter IMAX, right? But as far as I know, like, uh, Gosh, I don't want to say this on the record because I I'm not going to say anything. But there's a very <laughs> famous movie that was shot in 70 millimeter, and uh, you know there, there's there's a place for it. There's there's places you can watch this stuff. Yeah, yeah. and there's IMAX screens out there too. They're they are different. Can't say anything on the record. No, I, I'm not going to. I, gonna I mean, it's I'm Nolan. pretty sure I know what it is. I mean, Nolan could just. I mean, Nolan's already pushing the the, the IMAX. Yeah, and he pushes it a lot further with this film. It's, it's so I, I think he's trying to show other picture. directors that you know you could shoot almost like 85 percent of the whole movie in this format, and people will still go in and the watch in the it. big picture. It's all for the you know benefit of, of cinema, really. Yeah, and I think if more directors. Um, start filming IMAX, especially yeah, after watching this film and see the advantages of exactly. it. I think they'll start. You you're know, pushing the envelope forward. It's like when, yeah, when yeah. movies, you know, started going color, or when yeah. we started getting sound or well, anything. Well, people like that. kind of thought it was going to be 3D, but what people didn't realize is the IMAX and the bigger screens are much more impressive than 3D technology. You and, know? and there's mm. such high demand right now to watch it in 70 millimeter on IMAX. So then theater chains are going to see that and be, yeah. you know, they'll probably invest. Maybe they'll and, get the real IMAX. And get their real the IMAX. Let's IMAX. hope. And all that equipment. I hope. I hope. I, I could see it happening. I mean, especially with the, how legendary this weekend was for, you know, just film that are not superhero or not blockbusters. Just straight up Barbenheimer. This whole like, month, man. Like, every it's week been a nice there was summer. a movie. I think it kicked off with, what, Spider-Man was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's been a lot of really good stuff. I've been enjoying um, what we've been seeing. Barbie, I was a big fan of, too. Um, I did not expect to like a movie based on Barbie, though as much as i like, like this oh movie. it's just capitalist drivel selling me a <laughs> on a girl's toy but it's not it's so much more than just that <laughs> it's so be much surprised. more than a toy it's, it's, i think it's, the biggest a, thing i could say it's like feminist what movie. i told you too though but it's 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 also it's a fun movie like it felt like the simpson writers of the 90s when the simpsons were very biting and the satire was very cutting like they could have written this script you know it just it felt like a Great movie. When I saw the trailer and it said, "If you hate Barbie, this if you love Barbie, this movie movies for you. If you hate Barbie, this movies for you." Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, "Okay, they understand what they're doing. They're having fun with it, and they're gonna, you know." Um, when when I went to go watch the movie, I went with Josh and Jen, and we were gonna um, and Dave. I mean, yeah, and and and, 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 Dave and, Dominic. and Dominic. We all went together. But when um, when I hung out with Josh and Jen, they had seen it already before us, and we had talked about it, and they were saying that this movie seems almost too smart for children. And I was like, how could you possibly have a movie that's too smart for children? Well, in, in like... I said it was, to me, it felt like, to me, this is my take. It didn't feel like a kid's movie to me. Yeah. If I had a kid, I don't know if I would take them until they were, you know, 8, 10 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the movie was pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually dealing with some thing. heavy things that, like, I don't know if I'd want to bring my kid into all this. Because it's, it's like... It's this, a hard PG-13. Yeah, it's a PG. <laughs> but the thing is, Barbie, like I don't think this is a movie made for kids. And I've heard there's been, there's been controversy. People are like, this is not appropriate for kids. But my whole thing was, like, I don't think it was made for kids. It's a movie made for... Barbie's been around for what? Since 1959 or 1960. 19, so basically yeah. you have 50 years 30s. of people or 60 years of people who grew up with Barbie 
there's already an audience who that's the audience they made the movie for i don't think this movie should be conflated as a kid's movie do you get what i'm saying yeah that's what i was saying like to me it didn't feel like a kid's movie it felt like a movie i wanted to see i, I th- you know I thought, and because i really don't watch kids movies john i thought kids would maybe find it a little like boring that's what I thought too. And I, you know, I, but, I don't know any kids. I can't ask them if they thought the movie was boring. But watching them, like if I'm a kid watching this, they're talking about some really teams. advanced feminist, um, what's it called, <laughs> feminist uh, 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 philosophies and things that I didn't learn until I was already a grown ass adult and um, having to like kind of re-educate myself on what the world's actually like. And this movie's touching on things that are way too high concept for maybe a, a, a kid to watch. And, you know, there's other films that are just as intelligent and just as high concept that kids can watch. Yeah, Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Oppenheimer. That's definitely a yeah, kid take movie. Take a kid to that, they'll understand. They'll understand all the physics hey, behind the atomic the, uh, bomb. the atomic Oppen- bomb's weighing over our heads and can go off any second, guys. Yeah, Enjoy. Oppen- Oppenheimer should be... Uh, the people are going to be saying, oh, it should be shown in schools. Nah, dude, Barbie should be shown in schools. Think about that. I'm not gonna lie, Oppenheimer should be shown in schools. Well, so should Barbie. <laughs> yeah, they they both ought to be. I mean, that that's what's so crazy about the Oppenheimer, you know, thing. It's like both movies are probably top movies of the year and they're, came out on the same day. They're probably my two favorite I've seen this year. But Oppenheimer, t- to me, that's the movie that I was. I, I mean, did that's like a little. Strong. I did a little short list of my favorite movies I've seen Already? this year so wow. far. I mean, only like right. just I mean, we're, we're halfway through the, the year. year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we halfway through? Halfway through. Yeah. And oh, okay. I was like, okay, Guardians three, yep. Oppenheimer. Yep. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but I know it's gonna oh. be on there. And uh, a Bar- Barbie's on there for sure. Spider Verse. Spider Verse for me too. You know. There's been some highly good movies, you know, and what we have, the Martin Scorsese uh, movie coming up, I think yeah. that's going to be pretty, um, well, pretty strong. One? It's, um, something, moon. Oh, 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 oh. The something, uh, Killers of, Killers the, of the Flower Moon. Yeah. When does I that come out? Damn. It comes that out comes this year. This Like the end of the year? Oh, shit. But I can't think of any maybe other big movies come. so I'm excited for, I think we... Yeah. What about Dune? Which one? Oh, Dune. Dune actually got it i haven't seen dune uh one so i saw the trailer for dune 2 looked actually really cool the first one's all exposition the, so i'm sure the, the second one's gonna blow it out dune 1 didn't pull me in to go like i need to see this right away me either um but the trailer for dune 2 that i saw looks really good so and john you're the big dune guy you've actually liked the books and I've stuff read the books and I, I i even like uh lynch's lynch's and he, you know what lynch said his only problem with it was that he couldn't have any final cut editing control yeah and rewatching Dune, Lynch's Dune, I'm like, okay, I see. <laughs> Literally, the whole <laughs> problem with the movie is editing. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch the second half. I know I, it's going to be the rest of the story. It's all exposition. The first one, I thought it was kind of boring. I think the, the the this this weekend with both movies coming out, I think it just showed uh, a lot of movie studios that yeah, you could release, you know, two movies and let them go head to head, and you know, well, that the, the was audience. kind of the historic event. Yeah, with and Barbie, because everyone. They seem like opposites. I don't but think they're, they're these movies should have ever been like. I know the whole Barbenheimer thing and all that, the whole thing. But I felt like at some point people were kind of like internalizing things and then making it this versus this. Where and that's what the beauty of the box office showed us. It didn't need to be pick one movie or the yeah, other. You could go you, watch both. Yeah, I mean, Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer both put historic numbers for what they made. O- Oppenheimer overperformed big time at eighty million. And then Barbie made 150 million. Like the fact that these are like two movies opening, both making gangbusters, shows what Renan is saying that you can, 
you know, people just want to and and uh, celebrate movies right now and and people support. just want options and you know people will watch go watch both in the same weekend because sometimes when you have two big it, movies yeah. like that going head to head, you know, a studio will delay one film and yeah. release a later because they counter marketing and all these yeah. things and. But why not make it a thing? But the like, world just showed them together. that they're better. Remember Dark Knight when he tells the Joker, "You just sh- they just showed you they're a better class of people. They came out for both movies. <laughs> they honestly did. What do you want? To show them Gotham is all as sick as you are inside, ugly as you are? Yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched that a couple days. That's oh, the Dark Knight? Why. Dark Knight. For its 15-year anniversary, which is, is only like five oh, yeah, days ago that's or right. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 years ago. Good-ass movie, dude. Not yet. Not so, everything. So, not everything. So, Dave, the other day... Um, Yes. You said you were watching uh, Saving Private Ryan yeah. as your movie to get ready for Oppenheimer. Yes. So, Josh, what would be your double feature? For Oppenheimer? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Well, the easy one's Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's like the most easy one because I was watching Oppenheimer. At one point, I had the sense of like, oh, yeah, this is why I probably enjoyed Barbie too because I actually walked away from Barbie kind of feeling life-affirmed and kind of happy and kind of feeling like... And I was watching Bar- uh, Oppenheimer and feeling like, very intense vibes of doom and like kind of heavy feelings and i'm like so yeah see barbie and then get you know or no see oppenheimer get depressed and then see barbie and then <laughs> feel better after yeah i'm gonna go with that which is the cliche answer oppenheimer's but. like you're dealing with life and then being barbie's like you're dealing with what life is as a woman and <laughs> no it's the other way. Oppenheimer, you're dealing with death and barbie you're dealing with yeah. life mm-hmm. uh for me it would be Both the darkest depressing. hour which one's that the darkest hour Oh, Gary Oldman? and and was it not Gary Oldman was in this movie as well? Yes. Yeah, that would be a and and I think he was under makeup as he he um it would be funny if he was Churchill and they made it a the and the connected universe oh, same universe same cinematic universe yeah yeah but I, I think that would be a good um double oh definitely because that would show you're, just you're that would just show the British side of of, of of what's going on and also Oldman only has one character left to play. He just needs to play Stalin. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they don't have them all. Yeah. He has Churchill. He has Truman. He just needs one more. And he and he's so good. You know, he could do it. He could, he do could it. disappear into any of it. He looks good in that fat suit. So he would look good in Stalin. That's Stalin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was... Um, sure, man. What, what, what? Also, what about Oppenheimer just having like every actor you've ever seen in your life just appear in this movie? I love that. Wait, who did you say love, was that? Josh Hartnett? Ba- Everyone's in it. Josh Hartnett, Rami Malek. Um, um, I mean, Jesus. There were so many people in this movie. Gary Oldman. Josh Peck. Uh, Josh Peck. Josh Peck. Um, I mean, who were... Florence there were just, The thing was so cool is like a lot of movies you'll get like Matthew Modine. Um, oh, here we go. Like, here's a... Like, okay, you got Jack Quaid popping in there. You got little, Florence little Pugh. Jack you Quaid. got Robert Downey Jr. You got Emily Blunt. You got Matt Damon. You got uh, uh, David... Uh, Das Mal see he's the guy that uh, the polka dot man polka dot polka man, dot yeah, man. thank you and I'm sorry I butchered the name uh, you got Casey Affleck popping up you got okay. Benny Sa- Safty uh, director of Uncut Gems you got you <laughs> got uh, Kenneth Brog Jason Clark Michael and Garano who's been in a lot of things um, you had Han Solo young Han Solo oh yeah you had uh, uh, who else you got like you literally have everyone in this movie so I was just having fun just going like damn he got all of hollywood to just be like come out for like you know a couple you know it's they're not all big roles but i couldn't imagine the movie like everyone was so perfect and real quick i just want to shout out josh hartnett on his heart of sense because uh he was great in um oppenheimer and in the new episode of black mirror the new season he was fantastic and like uh i just hope uh, i want to see some more good stuff coming out from uh, mr hartnett 
the my double feature i mean i i haven't the only movie i saw recently that has to do with the like the era the timeline i saw grave of the fireflies oh god that's about the you know the Some, fire, somebody the fire, else said that that would be a good so basically uh get some cyanide caps for when you're done with the movie or something i mean jesus I that's these it's are the not, most depressing things feature, ever literally i saw that movie recently uh, I, I rewatched it recently and what would you pair it with like mean girls <laughs> oh like to, to go off brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, well, what's, I mean, your, you could, what's you could, your other your pre-barbenheimer style like what would you pair no I, I, I think what you're asking is like a, a chaser right yeah that's like a chase what, like a barbie chaser so for your oppenheimer a chaser, i mean barbie's the ultimate it, chaser it's kiki it's kiki's delivery service <laughs> maybe but if we're going no, for but like a, a graveyard and oppenheimer is a pretty heavy double feature you might as well just put come and see as a as the third film and just like you know what I mean? Those are just two. I'll um, do Enter the Void. Let's put it on right yeah, now. that's the. the but that, but it's uh, uh, no, well, I, tonally, I, it's it would make for an interesting double feature. I just don't I, know. I was rewatching it just to see if like there was any because the, the film's not about the the nukes. It, you know, it's about the fire. It's about the, uh, the fire people. bombing, the fire bombing, yeah, and and all that shit. And I was like, is was there even a reference? Because I remember them surrendering in the film, and do they talk about the bomb? And I was wondering if you know the bomb had any influence in grave of the fireflies and i was like uh where is it they show the plane at the end no. they do show you're talking about graveyard yeah grave yeah but it's so devastating it doesn't even like the whole it's, I was it's trying to show you this whole nation has been undone by like what we're putting like what the cost of war is and yeah. like these people like it is just um, which is why it pairs well with oppenheimer because they you know cause and effect cause, and yeah and so but i was looking for the mention of the nuke or if there's even because i don't remember that part in the film it wasn't the nuke they were talking about hiroshima no they, they talk about no. a surrender and kind of like being happy I, that the I, war's over i saw that movie when i was 17 and i basically had to smoke like a pack of cigarettes sit out in the front <laughs> of my uh, balcony at the time look out at the sky and yeah. just fucking just cry and feel depressed i was like i cannot that movie really uh you, you, you should rewatch it graveyard now. I, I I haven't seen it since I it was one of the few movies I could watch it again because it's so beautifully dumb but I'd have to be like ready for it but it's one of those few movies in my life there's only like maybe three of them where I'm like I don't think I could I will watch I can't watch that yeah, too much that, that movie f- fucked me up and I, I was <laughs> I was re-watching it solely because I'm like where's the nuke in this movie I mean where where where's where their mention of it <laughs> Where's the nuke? I know you're like, what you're like, yeah, you know what? I had seen it. Drop the nuke on these characters. I had seen it years ago, and I know it was in Japan. I knew it was World War Two. I knew it was about the firebombing, but I was like, I was there a mention of this nuke? Zero slothing. Tired of these characters. Nuke them. Yeah, John, that can be taken out of context. Oh no, that's not what I meant. I was looking to see if if there was. A reference. I was Jones. And, I was Jones. I was if there was a reference. You started getting Damn, nuclear Jack. mode. You're your bandana, I know. <laughs> oh god. Damn. Would be your Barbie double feature. Uh, Barbie and um. Let's I, see. I know mine. I know mine for sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, go to yours first. Let me see if I can. Barbie and um, Last Action Hero. Oh yeah. Ooh, I like those. Are pretty. both like. Yeah, it's bubble gum. It's very like uh, you go artifice. Yeah. Boys and girls, GI Joe and Barbie. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Barbie and La La Land because they're both like you do Barbie Gosling, first, La La yeah. Land second. Oh, La La Land's a little Gosling. sadder. Yeah, it's a Gosling, Gosling double, double feature. feature. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. And and I by the way, I just want to make a note. Gosling's 
probably my favorite American actor working since you know I, basically for James I was a, I go back to Young Hercules. I go back to Young. Actually, he is so right. Canadian. Canadian. I am so okay. He's not even from here. I gotta think of my favorite American actor. It's just that he's so good at playing American. He's not even from here. No, but I I loved him since Young Hercules, and just to see like you know one of these guys you watch on a tv show that wasn't become one of like the great actors of our time but what's more american than the mickey mouse club i mean i know that's why i got confused (laughs) gossin registers is kind of a but um well he plays american so good my one of my favorite movies of all time half nelson and he's you know playing a teacher he's good good um but uh what the hell? What the hell was my goddamn point about double Brian Gosling? Feature, you're talking about double feature with wow. double feature. I think but it make a good double. Oh, rails. all I wanted to say, uh, Gosling was at his all-time great jackass in uh, Barbie. Right. He was like, when Gosling leans into playing an imbecile no, no and like a complete jackass, he's like the funniest guy in the world. And he did a little in The Nice Guys, but he really turns it up to eleven in Barbie as playing Ken. Like he really leans into being just a horse's ass. Chad. And yeah, he's a perfect Chad, and he's so great at it though. It's a giga Chad. Um, so I'm gonna—that's my double feature. You gotta watch it, man. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but what would based on what you just said, I'll, I'll put I'll put Drive. Complete yeah. opposite. It, 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 it's they're that's both the vibes. That's the yeah. worst. No, that's not the worst yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, okay, Blue Valentine. <laughs> Why is Drive the worst one, Dave? <laughs> no, oh, they both have cars in it. They're both driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Hot Wheels. Oh, you're doing the Hot Wheels Barbie. I see. It's taking my time. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, you gotta pick a Gosling movie. If I had to pick one, you know what it was. I just want Ryan Gosling to be American. That's why I said that because I know he's Canadian. But I'm like, why? I'm like, I I love Gosling so much. I'm like, he's gotta be American. He's gotta be one of us, right? Like, (laughs) he's a good old. But he's like Bret Hart. Like Bret Hart's the greatest of all time, and he's Canadian too. Oh, actually, all the greats are Canadian. uh, A lot of all all the great Americans are Canadian. Yeah, all my favorite. (laughs) Americans are Canadian. Wait, CM Punk's Canadian? <laughs> CM Punk might as well be Canadian. He feels very Canadian, yeah, though. Think he, about it. Um, He's honorary that's Canadian. Great, like, all my favorite Americans. Americans are Canadian. I love that. That's great. My, favorite, my favorite Canadian director is Kevin Smith. So. Put that on a shirt, Josh. Yeah, again, another all my favorite honor. Canadian. Yeah, that would keep selling Americans that. Are Put Canadian. it for the podcast. Yes. Not, not. A, and it's just like it's the flag underneath. <laughs> all my favorite Americans are Canadian. It's true, because anytime I see like a great Canadian, I always go, yeah. I start identifying American. with them and going like, of course, they're look at, look at. Because me as an American, I want to look up to someone, you know, and, and they're usually Canadians, and the people. Canada's literally above us. Maybe after I watch the film, I'll change my double feature. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Dave? Barbie double feature? Uh, we all I, gave put our a, Barbie. I put a poll up, and it was between Clueless and Legally Blonde. Ooh, both and of those it was, are it was probably... Good, it was a good double header, and I, I was, a, I was does, good. Does people Jen said, have an opinion on, huh? does people said opinion Clueless, on voted Clueless, feature? but I, I, I'd rather go Legally Blonde. I don't think you're going to beat Legally Blonde yeah. and Barbie double feature. Yeah. I think and that's, that's perfect. I think the, the, that's I the think most tonally, perfect one. You're the most on point tonally, Dave. We're, we're trying to be cute and think of like narrative concepts, no, yeah. but you're being just like, um, this is and, the best. And I'm the silliest fucker of the group. <laughs> yeah. What was that one movie with um, Sandra Bullock? Oh, Miss. Yes, I'll probably put that one as well, the double feature. Nice. It's a strong, it's a strong choice. I agree. <laughs> so then, what about your Gosling double feature? Let's get, let's get you to oh, get a Gosling double. It's gotta feature. be. I want to say, nice guys, nice guys, and then that one stint in the was he in the Pacific? <laughs> What's the HBO? You must have been in which like one, Pacific. Dave? Was he in the Pacific? No, he, no. Rami Malek was. Was he? Was he in Band of Brothers? John Bernthal no. was in it too. Ryan Gosling wasn't in any no. of those HBO war ones. You never saw the Big Short. What about? 
Yeah, the big short. Yeah. Okay, short, the big short. Yeah, the big short. Oh, and what was the other one you were telling me about? Lars was, and the Real Girl. The, no, uh, uh, remember Fall the Titans. I, I will say remember that, the Titans. Yeah. I will say, remember the Titans. Great. That's an American ass movie. I'll, I'll say this: Canadian. I'm going to challenge people. Or, or there's a Ryan Gosling film. Uh, he made very early in his film uh, in his career. Mm-hmm. I saw it in college. It just fucked me up so much I could only watch it once and I as I'll never watch this movie ever again. That, speaking of cuz we were kind of talking about that, that was the only movie I don't think I could ever watch again because it, it just I, but then again it hit me at a very oh, it's, it's uh, your, specific it's your, place uh, as I was a 20 21 year old kid, you know, college person, but it's called The United States of Leland. It's your and crimes it's of early the future. Ryan Gosling and if you want to see something an independent film that's very good that probably not a lot of people have really seen or appreciated um Check it out. The director of that movie, he made that movie and he disappeared. No one's ever, he's never done anything again. He never, but it was a pretty, pretty kind of catching the rye vibes. Like the kind of that like uh, adolescent kind of. Independent film? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but very early in his career and he was, uh, so United States of Leland, if you want a real Ryan Gosling deep cut. Is he the lead in it or plays a part in it? The lead. Oh shit. He's Leland. I I don't really watch Gosling movies. John John is, um, I, I, I've seen enough now. I, you know, I, I could say I've, I've seen enough. You loved him as Ken. Everyone knows. Everyone. He knows. was cool. He was. He was. He was, he he was, was right. I don't. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. Obviously. Oh. He, he was a child. Yeah, he was, he a, was a liability, and remember the Titans. <laughs> That's why John doesn't like him. I, you know what? Because Maybe he was I the guy who couldn't I'm be, who shouldn't be playing. They were letting him play over some. I, uh, was it? Uh, I can't remember. But I've internalized my dislike for him based on his remember character the and remember the Titans. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what That's happened. What did it. Which is surprising because I would have thought you would have loved Young Hercules as a kid. No, no, you didn't. I I didn't even like Young Indiana Jones. Well, I didn't either. But Young Hercules was. Better. Which, by the way, I showed Dave the episode that Harrison Ford shows up in. Okay. Young Indiana Jones. And so it's so bad, dude. Is it that bad? It's awful. It, let me just tell you the, the the beginning of it. He's running away with a Native American guy who, and they have like some ancient flute that means a lot to his. So people. they're literally trying to recreate the opening of Raiders with the. They're Native running Americans away in the snow. The he's got the the Native American with them, yeah. and they go. They find this so. cabin, and he's all like, "This flute is sacred to my people." Uh huh. And to our history, and then the and then um, Indy finds a saxophone on the floor. He's like, "Well, this is sacred to my people," and then he starts playing it. And he's like, let me tell you this story about my saxophone, my, my, when I created jazz or something. When he created jazz. <laughs> and instead of telling the people Hitler the story Gosling. of this Native American and the importance of this flute, he yeah. goes on this, this entire episode talking about how he invented jazz. That, uh, Indiana Jones? <laughs> uh-huh. But to be fair, you also said La La Land's about Ryan Gosling, how he created jazz. No, I he's think, trying to save jazz. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> There's this long history... <laughs> <laughs> he did try to save jazz. He made an attempt. That was his point. That was the whole oh, point of the man. movie. But Indiana Jones actually says he created no, jazz. No, no, he he was he was. Uh, That's wor- even better. He than was saving fo- jazz. He didn't he didn't create jazz. He was working with this this uh, jazz band, and he was like being friends with them and learning jazz with them. It was a pretty awful episode. And, but it has a nice Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Is um, Harrison Ford in it a lot too? Yeah, no, well, he's well, the one telling the story. Only in the beginning, right? The beginning oh. and the end. I think maybe in the middle. One and day in, I shall have to watch that. A young it's, Jeffrey Wright. It's literally the of Harrison Ford's run. It's on Disney Plus. In Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah. Totally watchable. <laughs> no, I'm just showing what I. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, you lost it? Well, what Did you it? save it? No, nah, it was something dumb. It was, was hilarious, though. No, it was a picture. Yeah. A meme. A little meme, if you will. A little, a little palate cleanser of the meme. <laughs> but yeah. Uh...